this content factory we call the Rich Eisen Show. This is the Rich Eisen Show. And if you don't have a, a sense of excitement about this, I don't know what you're here for. The Rich Eisen Show. I can't tell you enough how much I love your show. With guest hosts Ben Lyons and Kirk Morrison. Boom. Live. Boom. From the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. The Rich Eisen brand is really hot. That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and now, sitting in for Rich. We're ready for any challenge. Here's Ben Lyons and Kirk Morrison. Welcome, everyone, to the Rich Eisen Show. I am Ben Lyons, hanging out with Kirk Morrison, the former Raider linebacker. On a Friday, we appreciate you spending some of your day with us here today as Rich is on his last day of vacation. He'll be back, of course, on Monday. We are absolutely loaded Mm. today. We've got a big show. Darius Miles, the other half of the Knuckleheads, is going to be calling in a little later. We had Quentin Richardson, his partner in crime, on yesterday, and now D. Miles is going to come through. So looking forward to that. The first NBA player I was older than holds a special (laughs) place in my heart. Ben Schwartz, big Nick fan. You know him as Sonic the Hedgehog, of course, in Middle Ditch and Schwartz. He'll be calling in. As will Matt Light, former Super Bowl champion three times with the New England Patriots. And Ed Bouchette from The Athletic knows all things Steelers. So we are absolutely loaded. And I'm so excited to have Kirk Morrison here today because he provides us with NFL insights like this. I don't know how gluten-free J.J. Watt is, I mean, we don't know. We don't know where he gets this information from. This this perspective. I don't know how gluten free JJ Watt is, but it's what makes him the best in the business. Great to have you here today. I oh, appreciate it, Ben. Yeah, I, I still don't know what JJ Watt uh, gluten free is going to provide for an NFL team. So, yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll get into that at some point today. You know, yesterday we had a whole show planned. We were ready to get into this Fernando Tatis <laughs> contract. We were ready right. to get into the Lakers uh, injury woes, and then the Carson. Went trade went down and obviously the show wrote itself yesterday well that's always the best part now it's been 24 hours later Mm -hmm. and the dust has settled and the idea of Carson Wentz in Indianapolis is is finally starting to to sink in who do you think won the trade 24 hours later Kirk um wow I, I think Indianapolis wins this trade because they got a quarterback in Carson Wentz who they think that they can bring back to his form of his first couple of years in the NFL. I think that's the that's where you start at. I think psychologically for Carson Wentz, this is also a win for him, which also gives the Indianapolis Colts a win because it's a new market for him, a new team, a new family, a new structure. Um, he goes to a place in where the media is not going to bear him down every single day with every missed opportunity or missed pass or interception. He can go back to being the Carson Wentz that I remember coming out of North Dakota State back in 2016. Okay, that's the quarterback that I want to see. That's what I think Indianapolis is going to get. And they have a roster where he doesn't have to be Superman. Like, that's what people don't. He doesn't have to go there and be Superman. Just be good. You don't have to be great. Just be good. Show some, give some stability. And I think that's why I think Indianapolis won this trade. Now, on the other side, uh, did Philadelphia lose? Yes, they lost this trade more so because of the commitments that were given. The commitment that was given to Carson Wentz, first of all, to draft him back in 2016, they traded up to number two to get Carson Wentz. Then you think about what transpired in between where they had to give up Nick Foles and then they brought him back and it's like, okay, they had to give him up. And then did the contract extension and then now to give, give him up for basically a 
first, a third rounder and a second that could be a first. And it's just too many conditions. And so to me, it's it's a loss for Philadelphia because five years ago, Ben, right, we thought they fixed their quarterback problem for the next 10 to 15 years. And when you say like, no, it's like, it just, it doesn't work that way. Kirk Morrison joins the show. Ben Lyons, of course, filling in for Rich Eisen today. And I appreciate you spending some time with us on the Rich Eisen show. I agree with you. Philadelphia lost the trade. Lost. I disagree with you that Indianapolis won the trade. I think Indianapolis (laughs) lost the trade. I think this is the first time in a long time, maybe the first time in the history of the sport where both teams got worse from making the trade. (laughs) Because think about it. A year ago at this time, Indianapolis knew they were sitting on something special. They knew they had young talent. They knew they had a good defense. They knew they had a, had pieces in place to make a, a return to the playoffs right. possible. After losing Andrew Luck, a total surprise. It was not part of the plan. So in March of 2020, they go and they get Phillip Rivers. Mm. And they know it's just a placeholder. They know it's Robert Redford in that movie where he doesn't talk and he's just sinking in the boat the whole time. And he's <laughs> plugging the holes. They know that's what it is, but they think they can make the sale to shore. They think that Phillip Rivers can get them to the playoffs. Imagine you're in that locker room in February last year, and you know you're sitting on something special. You don't know your, who your quarterback is, and boom, in walks the future Hall of Famer, Phillip Rivers. That's going to inject confidence, stability into that locker room. Well, now fl- flash forward a year. You know you're sitting on something special. You got a great group of guys. You just came off a playoff run. You got great pieces. Well, in walks Carson Wentz. That doesn't give me uh, an inspired feeling that we're getting better as a football team. That doesn't give me any more confidence than I had when Phillip Rivers walked in a year ago. So they're in a worse place than they were a year ago at quarterback. Yeah, I, I can see that, definitely. Um, your your opinion on that one is, is spot on. But I say that this is where I think the win does come in for, for Indianapolis. The win comes in in that – we all know guys on their second time or a second go around or new place, new opportunity. The win is going to come that Carson Wentz has to go out and prove it now. We talk about having chips on shoulders. Carson Wentz, he's, he's got a boulder now because he's going to Indianapolis trying to prove everybody in Philadelphia wrong. He's trying to prove the coaching staffs wrong, the organization wrong. Something has happened to where their relationship was fractured that he needed to get out of Philadelphia. He left Philadelphia and said, look, man, y'all trade me. And so now he's got to prove everybody right. I needed to get out of there to prove to you that I'm still the same quarterback. I just didn't have the opportunities. You didn't surround me with weapons. And so I think that's where Indianapolis will win because they got a highly motivated quarterback who's still very young. They're not getting the Cam Newton to New England after spending, you know, 10 plus years or almost 10 years in Carolina, they're getting a guy who's only in year six. We can honestly say he's still in the infant stages of his career in the NFL to where he truly can change what's happened over the last couple of years and be a top-tier quarterback if he allows it to happen, if he allows the, the concepts, if he allows the team to just be the team. Come in and do your part. That's where I think that Indianapolis ends up winning this. Our engineer, Super Raider fan Art, shouted out Jim Plunkett as one of those guys who had a change of scenery mm. and was able to reinvent himself and have success. Absolutely. I think of Drew Brees, somebody I saw play at Purdue in college who went to San Diego, didn't Ooh, quite work yeah. out, went to New Orleans and became a Hall of Famer. Correct. You can look at the Carson Wentz situation 
with very positive goggles like you just did, Kirk. I, I can tell this is why you've had success in your life because you wake up every day ready to take on life's challenges head on. You're looking at the world with, with, mm-hmm. with positive energy. Wow, <laughs> after five years, now he has an opportunity. Well, I say to myself, look, why is it that he ran himself out of Philadelphia in five years? Why is it that this guy was the number two pick and five years later he's in the doghouse? Why is it that, you know, guys like Dr. Clapper who came on earlier in the year, uh, in the uh, week, week with yeah. us, he said it's no longer the era of PEDs, it's PES, performance enhancing surgery. And wow. Carson Wentz is someone who has benefited from that. But that's not even the issue. I'm not worried about his physical because of PES, because we have surgeries nowadays that can get these guys <laughs> right a lot easier than before. Just go and look at the Alex Smith piece on 60 yeah. Minutes. But it's upstairs with Carson Wentz. Yeah. It's his mental. It's a, it it's a mind game. So that has me more concerned than rehabilitating an ACL or something because of PES, as Dr. Clapper says. So it's the mindset of Carson Wentz that I don't know is 100% right, which, again, if I'm in that locker room in Indianapolis or I'm that fan base, makes yeah. it really hard for me to wrap my arms around this guy and say, okay, we're better off today than we were a year ago. Ben, you're in um, the industry also as well. You, you do great with sports, and I love working with you. Thanks, but buddy. The check's cleared. We already got the gig. You don't have no, to no, dig me no. up. It's okay. I'm, but I'm telling you, when it comes to film, when it comes to entertainment, you're also, to me, my expert in that. And when it comes to critics, where are the critics uh, harshest at? In the, in the city of New York or in Los Angeles? Just in terms of where, where, where do I know critics come at from the everywhere. Cannes Film Festival? Ugh, it was terrible. <laughs> I do not like the cinema. But think about how many times in, in, in the industry that you also work in, think about this, where someone does a pretty good job, great job, and all of a sudden they get that review. They get in that Rotten Tomatoes review, and all of a sudden you lose them. They're done. Like, I can't do this anymore. They can't take the criticism. Like, I put all my effort into this, and you're criticizing me. And we know people who can't handle it, or some people who are so wrapped up into what Jerry others Ferrara, think. Yeah, Kevin Connolly, to what, to what others think guys. of them. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> Honestly, but think about it. How many? Yes, guys, no, you're absolutely right. You can get a 99.9 on Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> and you know, want to drive off a cliff in Malibu. I get it. And so I think for us that we're starting to realize, and I and I know this in the NFL, and the reason why from coaches. Coaches treat different players differently, right? I think Jimmy Johnson was one of the great coaches who did that in his career. Said, "I can't treat Troy Aikman and Emmitt Smith and Michael Irvin like I would treat, you know, the the you know my my defensive end Charles Haley or my second string center. Like you have to treat each player differently." Wait, Randy Moss and Warren Sapp had better treatment in Oakland <laughs> than you did, Kirk? <laughs> what? Absolutely. I mean, that was first ballot Hall of Famers. You know what I'm saying? Whatever they needed, yeah. I didn't get days off, <laughs> but I was a, I was a youngster though. I was a rookie, but I think mentally I've watched not only as a media member now, but I watched as the media would critique or the questions that were asked to players who were sat next to me or in the locker room or even asked me about certain players. It gets to you mentally. Like I, I had a coach used to always tell me, don't read the paper. Because if you start to read the paper, you may believe what people are writing. Because I read the paper one time and I realized what he was saying because that was totally not the case. They were You would think that our organization was about to implode, but yet all it was was that we had a bad couple weeks and we had to get some things fixed. I'm just bringing all that up because I think that Carson Wentz is one guy – 
I'm not saying that he's fragile by no means, but I'm saying that he's a guy that seems to that the criticism did affect his play. The criticism did affect how he performed on the field. Now he's going to a place in an environment where I'm not saying that we're calling in the Indianapolis sports radio every day, right? It's just, just what it is. I don't think people are going to be lined up on Monday morning and say, hey, man, get that quarterback out of there. You know what I mean? I don't know if that was an accent from Philly or not. but <laughs> It's but a family I, show, Kirk, so you couldn't <laughs> really do the impersonation justice. I, I get it. Yeah, but I, honestly, that's what I feel. Like People understand like it is different. Like I've played in the big media market, but I've also played in Jacksonville. And in Jacksonville, there's two main radio stations, You know, a couple beat writers, you don't get the same attention. Whereas I, when I was in Buffalo, you know, you're in New York, that market or in the Bay area when I was with the Raiders and you walked in and you have eight different channels, right? Then you have your national media and you can't even walk through the locker room because of the attention that is given every single day where he's going to a place. I'm not calling India small, well, kind of a small market, mid major market. It won't be the same attention that he got in Philadelphia. But it's still the we're, National Football League, Kirk. Kirk Morrison yeah, and not, Ben Lyons filling in for Rich on the Rich Eisen show. So man, we're, di- we're not leading with, with, with Carson Wentz and what he did. When he's in Philadelphia, we're leading Sports Center, right? We're leading NFL game day. Yeah, South Palantonio doesn't make his way out to Indianapolis. I, <laughs> I get just it. Saying. He just stays on I-95. <laughs> guy, that guy must be on a first-name basis with every toll booth collector on I-95. Oh, that was hilarious. That was a good one, man. Sal Palantonio. Yeah. Yeah. Sal, Sal's got to get do something different now because he doesn't have the Carson Wentz story in Philadelphia, right? He's, they got to But that's what's, you know, it's Jaylen interesting. Hurts. You mentioned how star players get star treatment, whether it's yeah. in Hollywood or in sports, and that's absolutely the case. And I think that's where the true stars understand how to balance being elevated and being different, but also being one of the guys. It's what LeBron James has done such a great job of throughout his career. He has a special handshake with everybody. He makes everybody on the team feel not, not last night. a part of it. We'll get to not, the Lakers oh, last night. They got some bigger night. problems than LeBron <laughs> fitting in with the guys. Mm-hmm. TB12, we saw it this year in Tampa Bay. He's right. the GOAT. He's an icon. He's throwing passes to kids who were who are kids compared to him, who were you know in grade school uh-huh. when he got in the league and had his poster on their wall in high school. But he yet, but yet he manages to make those guys feel like they're on the same level. And he does it in a genuine way. And he does it in a way that I think ultimately elevates everyone else. And while Carson Wentz has not sniffed the success of Tom Brady, he has struggled in Philadelphia with blending in, being one of the guys, but also having his own relationship with the owner, having his own, you know, uh, a workout plan and his own kind of timetable for getting back to the team. Like that's been something for him. I mean, you saw it with him not even dressing in week 17 and not even playing in week 17. How are you going to be one of the guys? You're not even suiting up. Oh, cause you're different. And I think that's for Carson Wentz been a struggle of how do you be the star guy, the number two guy, the face of the franchise, but also one of a 54 man roster. Well, I look at it like this. Carson Wentz was making Thanksgiving dinner. All right. A lot of times in Philadelphia and everybody was excited for what he was doing, how he prepared the dinner and everybody knew what they had to bring and what they had to do. But then all of a sudden he went to go take a nap and dinner was not finished. And yet here comes Nick Foles with this apple pie dessert and everyone forgot about dinner and just let I just want to eat this apple pie. It is amazing. And all the attention went from the quarter, the quarterback to the guy who brought in this delicious dessert and we're just eating the dessert and we forgot about everything else that was left on the table. And everybody was like, well, forget dinner. We just want to keep eating the dessert. And they're like, no, no, no. 
He made the dinner. We're going to make sure that we're going to continue to eat what he's been doing and preparing. It's like, nah, man, that apple pie that Nick Foles brought, man, that was actually delicious. There's nothing worse than <laughs> green beans after apple pie. <laughs> like, if, like if you go to town on some dessert and then bring out some cauliflower, it's a wrap. <laughs> but honestly, that's what happened. I mean, let's be real. Like, you had Nick Foles that came out and did this, and everyone's telling, well, no, no, we're going to go back to the guy that prepared. No, that that apple pie was actually pretty good. No, let's go back to what we were doing. The guy, he just took a little nap. He'll be back, and we're going to go back to our regularly scheduled dinner for Thanksgiving. And it's like, no, man, that's not it. So I'm, I'm saying that because I think that he can start all over now in Indianapolis. He can integrate himself with a team that's already set it's up. It's definitely with a leadership. charcuterie plate in Indianapolis right now. You think so? Uh, guests are arriving and can start all over. And you you hang up your coat, grab a little <laughs> grab a little handful of nuts and some dried apricots, and make some, some conversation brie? with your. You got a little brie cheese on there. You got what, some gouda. Yeah, you know, you put put together a little side plate, get it going, <laughs> and then everyone sit down for dinner. Um, all right, coming up next, we got Matt Light. Matt Light's an interesting guy. This guy yes. played eleven years. In New England, I want to know what it was like to watch Tom Brady play in the Super Bowl. Must have been a strange feeling for him, having been a teammate of his for so long. Plus, he's got a great new charity initiative. We're going to get into it with Matt coming up next. It's Ben Lyons and Kirk Morrison filling in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to the show. Ben Lyons and Kirk Morrison filling in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. Want to send lots of love, 
good energy to all those folks in Texas without power who have really been going through it the last couple of days, Kirk. Uh, the more I'm reading about it, the more serious I see it is down there. And I just want to take a moment and let those folks know we're thinking about them. We're sending good love. If you want to give back, if you want to help out, of course, the Red Cross is always a great organization to lend some support to. Red Cross has a, a chapter down in Texas, redcross.org, giving relief and helping people out. And somebody who's been helping people out really since he got in the league back in 2001 um, is Matt Light, who joins the show in 2001, the former NFL player and three-time Super Bowl champion, started the, Matt, the, the Light Foundation with his wife, Susie. They're dedicating themselves to helping young people develop skills and values and find their way in life, and he joins the show right now. What's up, Matt? Thanks so much for taking some time with us. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Doing well, man. Doing well. Tell me about this cross-sport charity thing you're working on. You're giving back with some guys from... Uh, from baseball and from the Kansas City Chiefs, and there's a truck involved. What's the deal? <laughs> well, it started with a uh, prank from Anthony Sherman where he filled Adam LaRoche, you know, former Major League Baseball player and all-around awesome guy, filled his truck full of about 13,000 Oreo cookies. And then... <laughs> You know, I get a call from Adam saying, "Hey, we we got. I'm I'm gonna get Sherm back. I want to auction off his truck without him knowing it." So the week before the Super Bowl, he launched, and I'm talking about Anthony Sherman via his own Twitter account, ShermFightsForFreedom.org, where he is in fact giving away his truck. Now he didn't know he was doing it when he did it, but he is doing it, and he's all on board now. And we've had a lot of fun with it. And today at 6 p.m someone is going to win a very, very nice, well-appointed uh, uh, F-250 with a lot of upgrades to it. So that's the long and short of it. And at the end of the day, all the money raised, which has been considerable to this point, is going to go to the E3 Ranch Foundation, which fights human trafficking and supports our military men and women. So now, yeah, now you got the F two fifty going. Okay, so now, as as many times as if you've been a part of different charities, where's this one rank for you, Matt, in terms of your involvement and and how you kind of got involved with it? <laughs> well, it's been it's been fun. I mean, the week leading up to the Super Bowl, we we had so much fun with this, and Anthony's reaction was one of the greatest of all time. There was actually a guy hiding in the hamper in the locker room for the Chiefs. <laughs> When he found out, actually, one of his assistant coaches came up to him and was like, dude, that's awesome what you're doing with your truck to raise money for charities. Like, that's great. And he's like, uh-oh, I've got a problem. So, yeah, we've had a lot of fun raising money. And, um, you know, and, and, and the money raised for this, while we've had fun doing it, it's amazing how impactful it'll be. And that's something that I've always enjoyed is being a part of things that, you know, help make a difference in other people's lives and having fun doing that. Matt Light joins the show, three-time Super Bowl champion, giving back in a big way. Ben Lyons and Kirk Morrison filling in for Rich Eisen. And we just came off seeing Tom Brady win a Super Bowl. And it's the year 2021. We're not in a weird timeline. This is the real world, Matt. How is it for you, having been a teammate for so many years with TB12, to see him out there, not in a Patriots uniform, playing in the world's biggest game? Yeah, it, really interesting. I mean, I, I don't think any of the people that, you know, kind of really were looking into this and thinking, okay, where's he going to end up? You know, what team is he going to choose and why? I, I, I don't know why, but Tampa Bay didn't really come to mind. And to see them, you know, have a pretty wild season, you know, start off with a loss to New Orleans in New Orleans, you know, um, 
you know, I see them run the, the, the gamut just after Thanksgiving and playing really good football and then get into the postseason just doing what Tom Brady does, but not by himself, by the way. I'm actually just outside of Tampa Bay, been down here grabbing a few sun rays and having some fun. And when you see people walking around with make uh, Tampa Bay great again and Brady Gronk on the shirt, you're, you kind of have to shake your head in disbelief. It's still hard to believe. You know, Matt, uh, you know, one of the things that I think leading up to Super Bowl week, which was pretty interesting, um, was the comments of Danny Amendola, who talked about that in New England, it wasn't the Patriot way. It was really more about Tom Brady's way and what he brought to that team and forced kind of guys to, to, to kind of follow his lead. And so I know you were part of an era in which Tom was still the young pup, right? He was still the young guy. You were right there with him as the younger players but when you hear it was more of Tom Brady's way and not the Patriot way, what first comes to mind? Well, look, I mean, I think Danny sees it, you know, the way that, that, that he saw it when he was there. And, and he came in after I was there, just after I had left. And, you know, he had he had a lot of experience, you know, being around Bill and the staff and everybody else. So, you know, I'm not saying that he's wrong in the way he saw it, but there's something that got it to the point where where he stepped in, right? And mm-hmm. and that goes to what you spoke of. I mean, I, I was there to see that transition. You know, the Patriot way was really defined probably for the nation for the first time ever when we came out of the tunnel as a team, announced as yeah. a team, not as individuals in that Super Bowl, you know, in New Orleans against the greatest show on turf in St. Louis. So, you know, I've seen it from the beginning up until now, and and there's a lot that goes into it. Is Tom Brady a huge part of that? There is no doubt. There is no doubt about that. But, you know, the Patriot way and and winning and doing things at a high level, you know, definitely starts with Coach Belichick, his staff, you know, the atmosphere that he creates and the competitiveness that comes with it. And that's something that was really easy to see that Tommy brought with him down here to Tampa Bay, that competitive drive and doing things at a very high level. Hey, Matt, I want to go back to something that you said because I don't think people realize that moment in history for a lot of NFL players. It may have been, it may have been small to others, but to me, I thought it was huge. I remember that Patriots team coming out against the Rams, and yet it was you guys as a team, not as a introducing the offense, not introducing the defense. It was something that kind of shook up the way Super Bowls and introductions went. Take me back to that moment and when you guys decided, hey, we're going to come out as a team and just the reception that you guys got because that was not the norm, Matt. Yeah, well, and it was the norm for us, which is kind of the interesting part of it, right? Like for us, you know, there was a lot that happened that season. I mean, it, we, we started off the year with Coach Rabine, our quarterback coach, who passed away unexpectedly. Um, obviously, we had the adversity and 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 really felt the sorrow of a nation with 9-11. And then you get to the Super Bowl, and there is no week leading up to the week of the Super Bowl. And, and you know, so everything was so fast-paced and crammed in. And, and towards the end of the Super Bowl week preparation, I remember there was some conversation about our introduction and that I, I, I'm pretty sure the league was pretty adamant about us having individual introductions. And we hadn't done that really for the whole season. We'd come out as a team you know, the individual announcements weren't a big deal because the mantra within the organization was, hey, look, we're all in this together. You know, we're, we're not a whole group of superstars. We're just a whole bunch of guys bringing their lunch pail to work and working hard. And, 
you know, so we took a stand on it and said, hey, you know, regardless of what the league says, this is what we're going to do. And it's the first time that I ever really remember acknowledging it as a kind of differentiator for who we are. But it did pull us together, you know, especially at the end of what was a very difficult week of preparation. So, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a unique moment in time that did get overlooked. But for us, it was really just a way of doing business. Matt Light joins the show. Ben Lyons and Kirk Morrison filling in for Rich Eisen. Today is the last day to win Anthony Sherman's big truck. The truck's fantastic. You can benefit, of course, the E3 Ranch Foundation by going to ShermFightsForFreedom.org or you can check out more about Matt's foundation, the Light Foundation, at MattLight72.com. And what's amazing, Matt, when I look back at your career, 11 years with one team in the NFL, and now it seems like player mobility is as fluid as it's ever been. As a fan of the game, do you like seeing guys bounce around teams, even though in your own career you obviously made a home in New England? Yeah, I think it's kind of the inevitable side of the game, right? I mean, it's, um, you know, each team and their needs and, and when they need them and, and how to utilize the assets, right? I mean, because that, that's what players are, right? They're assets, and, you know, you have to do certain things with certain assets at certain times. And I think there are times when, you know, there are teams that move on from players and and everybody's thinking, okay, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But it, it, as Bill Belichick would say, right. As, as my coach used to say is I'm going to do what's in the best interest of the team. And a lot of times that's not the easy thing to do. So I understand why it happens, but you know, and look, there's a lot of, a lot of the guys that are dictating their own future, right? They're basically letting the organization know this isn't a place I want to be. I want you to move on. So the game has changed quite a bit. I like to see guys that remain in a, in a, in a market for a long period of time, you know, to stick with a franchise and, you know, you kind of, you kind of get to see their maturation. You get to see the, the, the little nuances that come into their game. And I think there is a comfort, especially for a player like me, I loved, you know, knowing that, you know, my, the staff and the ownership and everything was going to be consistent. All I had to do was take care of mine. When you move around a ton, there's a lot that comes with it. It's not easy, but you know, after seeing what Tommy and Gronk have done, yeah, I guess they're you doing, can't they're doing just either. fine. <laughs> uh, Matt, everyone knows you as the longtime Patriot, but I still remember you as the pride of West Lafayette at the do at Purdue University where you also block for another legendary quarterback in Drew Brees who's got a big decision to make Matt he's got to decide does he come back to the NFL for one more season or does he decide to retire um, and just from your time and knowing him and, and, and being around him um, what do you think of his career so far and if he decides to hang it up uh, what, will, what will he be most noted for you know look I think I think his his status is locked in and has been for quite some time. If you talk to the guys that have shared a locker room with him or worked alongside him at the NFL PA and the work that he's done as a player rep and as a guy on the executive committee, if you've ever, you know, worked with him in the business realm outside of the game, everybody will say the same thing. I mean, there's a guy that's as genuine as the day is long. He works as hard as anybody. I mean, look, I, if you're a left tackle of the National Football League or you're a left tackle anywhere in the history of the game of football at any level, and your two quarterbacks since you left high school were Drew Brees and Tom Brady, <laughs> you can be the worst player on earth because those guys will make you look good day in and day out. And and I was very fortunate to be around those guys. They're as competitive as any two people have ever been on planet earth. 
and they work their tails off. And Drew's legacy has been cemented for quite some time. And look, the numbers say it, right? But they don't tell the real story. Again, talk to the guys that have played with him. Look at some of the things that have been written about him by people that know him really well. And you see one of the classiest guys to ever play any sport, period. Matt Light joins the show. Ben Lyons and Kirk Morrison filling in for Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show. And you can support this great charity initiative that Matt's behind by going to shermfightsforfreedom.org, benefiting the E3 Ranch Foundation. And, and last thing here for you, Matt, you know, as you embark on the next chapter of your life, you've had some time now away from the league, what is it uh, that you look forward to every day when football is no longer a part of your life? You're not going to practice. You're not training. You're not consumed with game film. What is it that, you know, really inspires you and has you excited about the next chapter of your life? You know, I think it comes down to me doing anything at a super high level with people that are, are committed, right? I mean, and, and that's kind of a, a Homer thing to say in some ways. And it's like, yeah, okay, we'd all like to do that. But really, I think for myself and so many guys that I know that played in the league long enough to, to really grab hold of, you know, the things that are important, um, you know, having a great team of people around you, having people you can – count on and depend on having people that'll show up and work just as hard as you will. You know, when you look at all those attributes that make, you know, a successful team and you, then you try to transition that into the real world, right? Um, Not football, but something else, another passion. Sometimes you get caught up in the man, like, is there anybody else out there that wants to work a full day or, you know, it's, it's intimidating to be in the real world. And so you get caught up in some of the, you know, locker room talk stuff that was kind of, you know, brought things down. I love trying to figure out how can I do something at a super high level in the real world. And it's what drives me each and every day and doing it with great people. Right. And I, and I think that for so many guys that, that leave the game of football, it's finding that next thing that, that does develop that passion. And when you're around really good people that, that, have a committed, you know, approach to what they do, it makes that transition a lot easier, but it's not easy to find. Um, I've been in the real world long enough now to know that, you know, you sometimes you just got to kind of grin and bear it, you know, you got to just be able to put up with it. But at the end of the day, um, it's what makes the work we do for the foundation and, and other working with other nonprofits, you know, so much fun because, you know, you get to see an immediate return on that investment and the time you put into it. So I'm enjoying it, man. It's been a great kind of post-football career. Still love watching the guys that I've, you know, played with and, and have always supported and new cats that are coming in do their thing. But um, th- there's a lot of challenges here in the real world that make each and every day exciting as well. Matt, I have no doubt that whatever you put your mind to, you're going to have great success. Just stay away from Hollywood because you want to work with people <laughs> who actually go to work. I don't think that's in your future, but I think you'll be fine doing, doing whatever else you put your mind to. Thanks for taking some time. Ben Kirk, thanks a lot, guys. Have a great weekend. He wants to go to work every day, put in a full day. <laughs> Nobody in Hollywood's trying to do that. Try to have a phone call and go to the beach. That's great. Uh, Matt Light joining the show, three-time Super Bowl champ. Uh, coming up next, which NFL team should not move their quarterback? I got one in particular. I hope Rich is listening. Ben Lyons in, <laughs> Kirk Morrison filling in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least 
The partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show. Ben Lyons and Kirk Morrison filling in for Rich on a Friday. Thank you so much for spending part of your day with us, hanging out here as we get ready for a big sports weekend. The Genesis in town here in Los Angeles. A lot of NBA action, of course. NBA doing a good job of reclaiming Sundays now that the NFL is done. <laughs> and Saturday nights. And Saturday night Saturday and Thursday night and TNT, Tuesday <laughs> night and doubleheaders, Wednesday night and NBA TV fan night. They're dominating right now. It's basketball <laughs> season for sure. And I got, I got a quick story to tell here before we get into uh, th- this next topic. But I was driving around Beverly Hills yesterday and I saw this woman who was like 6'8", getting into her car. And I said to myself, wait a minute. Is that Liz Cambage? And I did a huge U-turn on Robertson, and I went around <laughs> okay. the corner, and I saw, I said, oh, my God, you're Liz Cambage. I'm a huge fan. I totally nerded out, did mm-hmm. not play it cool. She is incredible. She's the center for the Las Vegas Aces. Mm-hmm. She's been in and out of the WNBA throughout her career, but she plays down in Australia. Honestly, Kirk, like, she is such a superstar. She should be in the Fast and Furious movies uh, in the Expendables. She's mm-hmm. getting healthy again for the first time. She can be back on the court this year. I don't know what athlete like you're super starstruck by who maybe isn't the biggest star or what celebrity, but I'm a diehard Liz Cambage fan. I have been for a long time. So the fact I saw her in real life yesterday just filled my cup with joy, and I'm a huge fan. So shout out to Liz Cambage. Mm, I, I think that athlete for me is Eric Dickerson. Cause like I grew up like watching Eric Dickerson, but just to see him and just he's just one of those guys that has like all this swagger. He's just like so cool, and he wears you know he he made like those goggles in the helmet kind of cool. He has a, the face mask that he wore. It was called the Dickerson face mask. Like growing up in my Pop Warner years when I played football, and then like I meet him and I'm like, man, that's Eric Dickerson. So it's like Eric Dickerson and Marcus Allen both. 
like they look like they can still play like right now and I know they're well within their in their in their 50s and their later years but yet they look like they can still play in the NFL. It's just crazy. I think the story goes with Marcus Allen when he played in the Super Bowl, he drove a car to the stadium and did he win a Super Bowl <laughs> MVP or something and, or he won a Super Bowl? Yeah, yeah he won then, a Super and Bowl. Then he yeah. left Right, with the with the LA, of course, Art, the Raider fan knows, our yeah, engineer, yeah. Art. Um, but I think he left the rental car, like, at the stadium or something. Or, like, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. They actually won. They actually yeah, won the Super won, Bowl. They won, obviously, it's a crazy whirlwind afterwards. But I believe the Raiders' last Super Bowl they won actually was in Tampa, um, which was Super Bowl 18, I believe, was in Tampa. So you know, the only reason why I know that because we were talking a lot about it as a, as a Raider alum. We're talking about hey, what, the the significance of a Super Bowl in Tampa because that was one of the last ones in which the Raiders won, and Coach Flores was the coach as well who inducted into the Hall of Fame. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised that Marcus Allen and, and just the way the Raiders because at the time, if you remember, Ben, uh, the Raiders were actually um, sort of renegades because they were staying in Oakland yet flying to Los Angeles to play games because they were still in the midst of the transition from the Oakland Raiders to the Los Angeles Raiders. So I'm not surprised at all if he drove to the game. I've actually had a teammate take a taxi to the game because he missed the team bus. I won't throw him under I won't throw him under the bus. But I had a, t- a teammate. He missed the team bus that's waiting outside our hotel, Ben. He takes a cab because Ubers weren't here yet. This was pre Uber. He takes a cab to the stadium. And the funniest thing, he gets to the gate and they're like, excuse me, sir. How can I help you? Yeah. I play for the Raiders. No, that's not going to work, buddy. No, I, I'm serious. Like I play for the Raiders. I need to get to the locker room. Like, sorry, buddy. That's not gonna... team security has to go all the way up to the gate and say, yes, he is one of our guys, and bring him into the stadium. It is still one of the funniest stories. I feel like <laughs> that happens a lot to guys. B.J. Armstrong, for years, with the baby face, couldn't get into Chicago Stadium when he was on those Bulls teams because oh, he looked 10 years old. <laughs> I bet, uh, man. You were talking Raiders history. Um, our engineer, Art, Raiders Art, uh, printed out this list this morning. It's the list of Oakland Raiders all-time linebackers. Oh yeah, top ten list here. We're gonna get we're gonna get into that a little bit later. Where, where do you oh, think you rank cool. on this list, Kirk, of all time Raiders linebackers? Hopefully in the top ten, top five, maybe. You're, you're definitely in the top ten. So we're gonna, we're oh, gonna break man, down where where you rank in the top ten a little bit later. But I wanted to talk about quickly and shout out to Liz Cambage. Thank you for letting me just completely nerd out. I promise you, I'm a lot cooler than how I acted yesterday. Um, <laughs> um. I want to talk about one quarterback that should not be on the move. We've seen a blockbuster trade between the Lions and the Rams earlier this offseason that sent Matthew Stafford to Los Angeles, where hopefully he takes the Rams back to the Super Bowl. Uh, We've seen Carson Wentz now move from Philadelphia to Indianapolis. Deshaun Watson has demanded a trade, or it's made it been known that he wants to get out of Houston. There's one quarterback, though, whose name is being thrown around Every day, it seems like. And for the life of me, I don't understand why. Because if I had him as my quarterback, I would want to build around him. And that's Sam Darnold with the New York Jets. Mm. This man is 24 years old as he's heading into his fourth NFL season. Right. I believe his fifth NFL season. He's no, fourth. Four, his fourth. Uh-huh. Four season. Yeah. yeah. And he was a, a natural athlete. You saw him light it up in the Pac-12. He has had nothing around him to this point, um, complete dysfunction on the offensive line, no weapons of note. Um, I don't understand why you're pulling the plug on Sam Darnold, especially now 
that you're out of the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. If there were a chance that you might get the number one pick and you really want to go in on Trevor Lawrence, fine. I understand it. But it's not what happened. So to hit the reset button on a Zach Wilson or, or, or one of these other guys, uh, Justin Fields, I don't understand it. Sam Darnold is the dude. Just build around him. No, I, I, uh, I'm i on the fence on this one as well, Ben. And, and, and it's tough because you mentioned it. He is going into year four. And I believe I have to uh, – I think they have to make a decision this year uh, in the coming months of will they give him the fifth-year option as a quarterback, starting quarterback uh, on his rookie deal. Uh, we'll see what the Jets decide to do. But they could hit the reset button. And I was having this discussion actually just a couple days ago that sometimes when you hit the reset button, you have to when you bring in a new head coach, a new staff, because they don't have a lot of time to – truly learn Sam Darnold because he's going to be up for an extension at some point. You know, really, if you offer him the fifth-year option, you have only really have two years with him, year four and year five. And maybe if it works out, you can franchise him in your, you know, his sixth year. But that's a lot to go where there's some quarterbacks in this draft that you're sitting at number two currently right now. And it's like, hmm, we may not get Trevor Lawrence. But there's a Justin Fields, there's a Zach Wilson that we can start over at the quarterback position to a guy that may be able to handle the new offense that we're going to implement a little bit better than Sam. So that's the one aspect that New York can be thinking about. Yeah, building around Sam Darnold, you can, but I just feel like if I'm a new head coach, I'm coming in, I've got a secure deal that I'm going to be here for about three or four years, Ben. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be here for a while. I'm not going anywhere. I can build it my way. I don't know if I want to use some players that were here before. I want to do it things totally different. there's nothing that you've seen from Sam Darnold so far that makes you question whether he's an NFL quarterback, whether it makes you question whether he's got a long-term future in this league. There's nothing you've seen over the last three seasons that yeah. has you pause for concern about Sam Darnold. It's been about the organization, about the pieces around him, about the help. Right. This dude is a natural athlete. He, he's, he's big, strong, has a right. rocket arm. He's 24. I don't understand why you're pulling the plug. Yeah, I, I think it's because, like I said, you want to build up assets, get as much as you can, and start to really rebuild that roster. Sam Darnold... This year, I still don't think they'll have a roster that will suit what his skill set has. It will still be a it's still a roster in rebuild, in transition. And they have draft picks now. Remember, they trade away Jamal Adams. They've got they've nine got, draft picks this year. They've yeah. got some draft capital to bring in players, but can that all happen quickly? Can Is that there all a USC quarterback one? curse? Uh you're yes. a Pac twelve guy. It, it it well, it's a um it's a it's a quarterback curse, but then you can kind of move away from it a little bit because we used to say that about Alabama running backs that came into the NFL. Like, oh, they come in, they have these great careers in college, and they come into the NFL, and it's like – and then Derrick Henry just debunked that. Like, just get that out of here. Like, stop, because he is continually playing at a high level. Kenyon Drake is still playing. I mean, Alvin Kamara, I know he went to Tennessee, but he started at Alabama. Um, TJ Yeldon is still in the league. I don't want to go down the list of – running backs from Alabama. I mean, Josh Jacobs as well with the Raiders. I know Art They seem to, to have that. figured it out. That yeah. curse, I feel like, <laughs> has been lifted. But when it comes to USC quarterbacks, their success in the NFL has been limited. Carson right. Palmer, obviously the most successful, I suppose, but he went through his struggles. Matt Barkley, Matt Leinart, 
you know, the whoa, list goes whoa, whoa. on now. Well, we could also say that, and I'm not trying to pick on Alabama. Trust me. I don't want people to understand. I'm not picking on Alabama. But we can say that about Alabama quarterbacks as well. Right from John Parker Wilson's to Greg McElroy's, AJ McCarron, AJ McCarron, and then even but they now, don't seem to have the fanfare uh, traditionally like a big time USC quarterback. That's, that's one of the true. glamour positions in the Pac-12 here or, in Los Angeles. Who but the, we'll the see what Tua is the big deal. And I think if you're a Jet fan, you know if a hey, Rich, if they move off Darnold, you know he's <laughs> lighting it up somewhere else. You know, you know he's having a, a great career, maybe a couple Super Bowls. Who knows? Maybe Sam Darnold goes to Canton if he can get out of white and green. Uh, I think see. the Jets should keep him. That's just my two cents. Um, all right, coming up next, we're going to find out where Kirk Morrison ranks in the all-time rankings of Raiders linebackers. Plus, we've got Darius Miles, one half of the knuckleheads. He's coming up uh, in about 20 minutes or so. Really excited to catch up with D. Miles. Ben Schwartz, you know him from Middle Ditch and Schwartz. Sonic the Hedgehog himself, he's calling in a little bit later. Plus, the man who knows all things Steelers, Ed Bouchette from The Athletic, going to break down the latest comments from Kevin Colbert, the GM of the Steelers. A big show today. Ben Lyons and Kirk Morrison filling in for Rich on The Rich Eisen Show. Don't go anywhere.